Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea, who is on assignment. It's comic book day, so he's probably reading uh, Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Yep. And that's about it. <laughs> but we've got the uh, showman running the boards, Joey Dees. I am showman. Hello. Showman, yeah. Showman. Yep. Yeah, on the uh, in, in his own comic book, he's showman. Showman. I don't know what's going on there. On today's show, we will talk comics on... Who would win between Thanos and Apocalypse? Sorry, guys, mm. you're going to have to cater to my own fandom on this Go one. We will talk <laughs> some TV because they're bringing back more cartoons from my youth. I don't know about you guys, so we're going to kind of dive into this one. I Movie think- talk with what hero was Bruce Campbell almost cast as? Ooh. Chin Man. Chin Man. And of course, the, the Crimson ge- Chin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a Fairly Odd Parents reference. And of course, the Geek She with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcast, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. You can send us an email. You can send us a Facebook message. You can um, uh, just think really hard, and maybe one of us will suddenly uh, unleash our latent mutant powers and be able to uh, speak with you. I almost said a reference from Misfits that's not appropriate. Oh, yeah. Could you not? I felt a tingling sensation in my Yes, but you should watch Misfits, at least the first two seasons. It's on Hulu. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Uh, Duh, because that's how I uh, watched, uh, I think, the last season. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, the way I see it, side note, check out, if you're looking for another show, Misfits has been around for a while. While. Truth. I remember. I think I was dating my ex-boyfriend, so it's been around for at least seven years. Damn, we broke up that long ago. Uh, wow. <laughs> but the after the first two or three seasons, like pretty much, it's a whole new cast, mm-hmm. and it's if you just think of it as a, a whole new show. Then you're fine. And that was the problem is I couldn't get past that. Yeah, because you love these characters, and then they moved on whichever way they did. And it's like, okay, well, these are new characters, but you've learned to love them. And they are actually some, it's fun to watch Misfits now because a lot of actors have gone on to do some pretty awesome things. Because you got Ruth Niego, who makes an appearance for a few episodes, Ah, who was in Preacher. She Mm -hmm. was in a movie with Brad Pitt. Um, She was in the movie Loving. You got... um, I cannot remember (laughs) Nathan's name. Nathan, he plays Klaus. Yes, uh, in Umbrella Academy. In Umbrella Academy. Like, he's phenomenal. I'm going to get it in two seconds. I know, right? Yeah, I can't even remember it at all. It Uh, is killing me. Robert Sheehan. Yes, you got Simon, who is uh, is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he was the turd in Game of Thrones that cut off uh, dude's weenie. Yes. Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey Bolton. I I can't pronounce his first name. I tried. I I, I learned it once. Now I don't remember it. Yeah. Anywho, but yeah, a lot of actors. So (laughs) go check out. Joe, go check out Misfits. It's on Hulu. Yeah, do it. Uh, Now, we're going back to comic talk because I talked about two of my favorite characters of all time. Okay. Being Thanos and Apocalypse. Uh, I think they're my my most favorited uh, villains of all time. And, of course, uh, comic book resources put out who would win. And I would love to uh, get your guys' input on this. So we're going to run down some of the information they okay. throw out there. Because I'm then... like, I don't remember Apocalypse too much except from the X-Men animated series. Ooh. And, and he, even he, then, that's He was blurry. still pretty cool in that. Mm-hmm. Like, and that one also had Mr. Sinister, which has been a favorite that's of right. mine for so long. Like, I want to see him and the Marauders and, like, Strife and all this stuff. But uh, that's not what we're talking about right now. Uh, they start off by asking, how strong is Thanos? Uh, and they say, thanks to his deviant uh, physiolo- physiology. 
Thanos was born uniquely powerful, which gave him an advantage right from day one. He's already improved himself, he proved in himself a formidable mm. opponent in the Marvel Universe, even without his Infinity Gauntlet. He spent most of his life traveling through space and wiping out entire planets, not even counting the time Thanos snapped his fingers and reduced half of the universe to dust in Jim Starlin, George Perez, and Ron Lim's The Infinity Gauntlet. His army, the Black Order, is made up of powerful cosmic villains, and they are ruthless killers in their own rights, especially under Thanos' command. He's also one of the strongest beings in the Marvel Universe, holding his own against Thor and Hulk quite well in physical conflict. In fact, Thanos has defeated Hulk numerous times, not just in Infinity War. Okay. In Jonathan Hickman's uh, Infin uh, Infinity Number 6, Thanos punches the Hulk through an entire town with one swing. But I think I remember reading that Thanos even said that Hulk is one of those people that if he can avoid it, he will not fight him. Like if he can, yes. if he can avoid it, he's not going to fight the Hulk. Exactly, because Hulk gets stronger when he gets angrier, but mm -hmm. Thanos will always be able to outwit him, which mm -hmm. is what you see in Infinity War in the opening scene when yes. they, they do the wharf effect, which is where you take out the most powerful dude on the team mm -hmm. to show how powerful you are. Um, it's like when you go to prison, you take out the biggest, baddest mother in the yard. <laughs> Sorry, that's, an, that's a is reference it? from a really crappy movie from the 2000s. Wow. <laughs> um, the new guy. <laughs> he's also crossed paths with the Inhuman Black Bolt, and he managed to survive a full blast from the face from his voice in that same crossover. And the Black Bolt is... He's the one who, um, he, he doesn't say anything okay. because his words, like, if he speaks, he can, like, destroy planets. So it's much, it's very much like, uh, what is her name? Uh, Alanis Morissette's God in... Yeah! <laughs> in, uh, yeah, where your head movie? explodes in uh, yeah. Dogma. Dogma. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like a Loki, like... Speaking of the 90s there, Jeez. it's uh, like, yeah, Loki's head explodes. Uh, side note, uh, <laughs> Black Bolt was in that really, really crappy show that only lasted one episode. Yeah, It humans. also had Simon from uh, uh, Misfits. Yeah, that was awkward. Oh, he was also in the Motley Crue movie. Mm -hmm. oh, really? Yeah, he was um, Mick... Mars? Uh, Mick Mars. Oh, wow. He played Mick Mars. Maybe I should watch that then. Uh, now, on the other side, how strong is Apocalypse? Now, Apocalypse, on the other hand, is one of the most powerful mutants who has ever lived. He was born as En Nur in ancient Egypt over mm. 5,000 years ago. Played he, by Oscar Isaacs. Mm, that, that movie doesn't count. Right. Uh, he's got so many unique abilities, including the ability to manipulate vast amounts of energy, and he is nearly impossible to defeat, especially with his celestial armor. Now, and it's interesting on that as well, because anytime he's been defeated, he basically kind of goes into uh, vampire fans would know this as torpor, which is you go into like this deep sleep while you regain your energy. So he's effectively immortal uh, unless you can figure out something like Age of Apocalypse where Magneto rips him in half, which is like mm. one of the coolest scenes in comics you'll ever read. Um, but he also has his own team. Uh, called the Horsemen. Uh, they first debuted in X Factor number 15, a group whose roster often changes and has included quite a few X-Men and Avengers to embody the traditional roles of death, war, pestilence, and famine. And I feel like uh, some of the OG was definitely Archangel. Yes, who was turn he would turn from Angel to Archangel by Mr. Sinister. Because mm -hmm, he became robotic. <laughs> yep. Funny, yep. Fun fact, uh, he ends up, I don't know if it was Archangel or Angel, ends up dating X-23 in the comics. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, some of the other people that have been uh, in those roles of the Four Horsemen has been Hulk, Wolverine, Spider-Man, and even wow. more. And you saw them in that movie that shall not be named. Psylocke was in it. Storm was in it as well. There's a couple of the other ones. Uh, and the fact that he can manipulate and brainwash some of the most powerful beings into serving him is part of what makes him so powerful and terrifying. Uh, he also has traded blows with the Hulk and some of Marvel's other heavy hitters, and he's even recruited the Green Goliath as one of his horsemen, which I just previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has encountered Black Bolt and Jim Lee, Chris, Chris Claremont, and Wills Portacio's X-Factor 67, and also survives, but mostly because he's uh, surrounded by Black Bolt's allies, so he cannot use his full power without killing them as well. Hmm. Master tactician right there. Um, however, in an alternate con continuity of House of M, Black Bolt whispers and manages to kill Apocalypse. So, this stands the reason. Can Apocalypse beat Thanos? So they say uh, undoubtedly that Thanos would have the edge over Apocalypse were he to use the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, that seems kind of cheating at that point. Uh, without it, Thanos could he possibly could meet his match. Though both are incredibly powerful and intelligent, Thanos is held back by his obsession with death, which would cause him to overlook some of Apocalypse's powers. With enough preparation, Apocalypse would have a surprisingly decent chance at beating the gauntlet-free Thanos. He's trained and fought with uh, wars for centuries. He's mastered many forms of combat and magic, and uh, it all basically would be needed to defeat Thanos, but it would be a possibility at that end. I feel like this is the whole conversation between who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman if you take away Batman's gadgets and Superman's powers and it's just like a fisticuffs fight. Let's go. Yeah. Who would win? And typically a lot of people would say Batman because he is trained. Yeah, he's got that. And it's like it's like any man against Batman. I have a feeling um, who can be. And I mean, like even if you put like Batman defeated Superman because he has contingency plans. Mm hmm. And when it comes down to like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, a kryptonite whatever in my belt, he can then be able to defeat all of them. He's had a contingency plan for every one of the Justice League members during all of that. And even in the movie that was real crappy that we're hoping we get a better one with the whole uh, (laughs) Snyder cut, if you will. uh, I actually read an article recently that was saying things that you didn't notice in the Justice League movie and all that or Batman v Superman. Uh, one of the things being, if you looked at the little capsules, the smoke capsules he has, it had mm-hmm. like the chemical symbol for iron, which is what Superman cannot see through. And uh... he was able to block some of Superman's punches because he was studying his fight with Zod. So he is like full on nerd. Like I am going to like everything. So if you think contingency plan just means a little kryptonite, that's not just what it means. And it's a good point with that. Hmm. I love that. Now, looking at Thanos and Apocalypse, my whole thoughts on this is, yeah, obviously, no Infinity Gauntlet. You set them up against each other that sort of mm-hmm. way. You have each team on each side. And looking at it that way, like, Apocalypse is the most powerful mutant in the world. Mm-hmm. Thanos is one of the most powerful cosmic beings. In so, the universe. In the universe. So I think at that point, it just kind of like it's a different tier of villain. And I'm probably because I'm a homer. Personally, I would be going with Thanos on this. Okay. Um, just because the only time I've ever seen Thanos actually get killed was there was two instances that I remember. One of them was the most recent uh, Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars when it was God Emperor Doom who had put everything back together. But that was thanks to, oh gosh, I think Molecule Man or someone else like that. Molecule um, Man. He had all of the powers of the universe and was able to 
put back together the multiverse into Battle Planet. And when Thanos crash landed there with the Maker and everybody else, uh, Doom came up and like Thanos was all like, burr, 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 I'm so badass, I'm Thanos. And Doctor Doom just pulled out his spine. Yeah, oh. yeah, he warped him right there, which was fantastic. Uh, the only other death that I have seen him in was when Thanos defeated himself in the far future. He was like, I need you to kill me in order to do this. And I I think he ended up not actually killing old Thanos, like after Thanos had completely conquered the universe. And that also leads to, well, Thanos already conquered the universe in comic books. It's canon. It's a thing that has to happen. So he must have already had to have defeated Apocalypse. Hmm, so it's already been true. done. Yeah. It's already been done. Yeah. So everybody argue with me. Go ahead, send us messages. Let me know. <laughs> BJGeekNationGmail.com. Hell, you can just send me Facebook messages and I'll bug you about all of that. Now, moving on from that, do you guys, did you guys as uh, little kiddos ever watch Tiny Toon yes. Adventures? It, it sounds familiar, but I don't remember down it. The hole. <laughs> so it was a reimagining of Looney Tunes um, with little kids in the aspects, but it, w- it wasn't like Little Daffy. It wasn't it was, Little Bugs. They, they were their own characters because yeah. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck would make appearances. Exactly. So instead of Daffy Duck, it was Plucky Duck. Uh, it was Babs and oh, I can't remember the the boy cartoon name. Buster Bunny. Buster Bunny and Babs Bunny. Yes. And instead of El. Fudd, there was Elmira Duff. Yeah. Uh, Fifi LaFume. Yep, yep. Montana Max. Uh, let's see. There's Shirley the Loon, Dizzy Devil, yep. Hamilton J. Pig. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Babs. I did not watch this. Okay, well, so this, so Vicky and I are going to be talking about this yes. now, Joe. Uh, so <laughs> it is on Hulu if you want to catch up. Is it really? Mm, it's according to Google. Nice. Watch now. I'm going to have to watch that. Between that and Rugrats, I got all my cartoons done on uh, Hulu right there. <laughs> I did watch. <laughs> now, it looks like it, uh, HBO Max and Cartoon Network are going to be rebooting Tiny Toons. Aww. So it looks like it's going to be called Tiny Toons Luniversity. Because <laughs> ha- I think they were in a school. Yeah. They would go to like the Acme school or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And this was like grade school age. Like I would say maybe middle school at the most. Probably like 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, the reboot has been given two seasons straight to series order and will be executive produced by Steven Spielberg, Warner Brothers Animation, and the Cartoon Nudy, uh, Network Studios. Uh, and I'm trying to look about any other information, but it just looks like uh, since they call it Luniversity, my thing with it is that it looks like it might be a little bit more along the lines of a like a collegiate sort of thing. Yeah. So dude, here's the liner. Maybe this will actually tell me right here. Uh, Buster, Babs, and the rest of the gang follow their comedic ambitions all the way to Acme Luniversity, the esteemed institution of higher hijinks learning. There we go. College bound. Where young dreamers become professional tunes. Here they form long-lasting friendships with one another The perf- and perfect their cartoony craft while studying under the greatest cartoon characters in history, the Looney Tunes. Right. They're all right. teachers. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to be, all of the older ones are going to be the professors, and then uh, the rest of them will be going to the school. And, I mean, it looks like we don't have a premiere date yet. They're going to have oh. two seasons. But even like the sh- the picture that they showed, they showed Buster, and it looks like he's wearing like a college jacket sort of thing. Like, okay. it's, I- I'm excited to see this. I kind of wish they were little because they were still little. Like, even though they're probably the same maturity or 
like mental status of like a 10 year old they look like babies yeah so maybe like five years old so i'm kind of gonna miss the cutie aspect like there was calamity coyote and little beeper which was the <laughs> little road runner and he's so cute yeah it's just oh. and it's funny because it's like even with the plucky duck one like uh it was like they you were talking about like like uh like what like water go down the hole water go down the elevator hole. go down the hole that was when they even de-aged them even more when yes, it was like baby, baby plucky duck uh and so that was very uh, infrequent when it came down to it. Usually they were grade school age, but they would get back into all of that. Uh, it's a huge nostalgia trip, and you actually kind of mm-hmm. made my day when you told me that the old ones are on Hulu. So uh, that'll be something I'm watching on that. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Oh. You know him. I know. Yes. yes. You know, Evil all, Dead. Yes. Evil Dead. Uh, usually cameos in all of the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it looks like he actually was in a classic superhero role. But it's not, this is, I swear to God, this is not a movie that you guys have watched. If you have watched, Gold Star for you. Now, I, yeah. Hey guys, do you remember a movie called The Shadow? No, never mind. The Shadow was Alec Baldwin. I'm wrong. Have you watched The Phantom? No. Yes. Ah, oh, look at that, Joe. You I suck. Still I love suck. that. <laughs> Wait, it's the one with the, the guy from Titanic? Zane. Uh, yes, Billy Zane. Billy Zane was in it. I was obsessed with that movie when I was a kid. Yes. El Fantasma. Like, I'd yes. watch it in Spanish. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was uh, a pulp comic hero called The Phantom. Uh, and it was one of those things that was like super old school, like 20s or something ridiculous Dude, like that. In the like, it has a very comic booky outfit and they decided to do that for the movie it was so bad like now looking yeah. as an adult looking back I, it's so bad seriously joe look it up yeah and it's like it's like a purple weird black mask but you know what Ugh. i remember having fun watching that Same. movie like so, i was obsessed with it i was also a little kid so it, i got a gold star yeah exactly you get the gold scar, star 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 Joe, you don't get anything. It kind of looks like Daredevil, but yeah. purple. Yeah, purple Daredevil. You're not really wrong on okay, that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking with Alabama Life and Culture, which I guess is a magazine, <laughs> uh, Campbell recalled that how he lost out on the superhero role. Turned down, question mark, he said. I don't have a lot of those. I don't operate in that rarefied air of saying, oh, I turned Titanic down. I tried to get a part in a studio movie called The Phantom, and Billy Zane wound up getting the part. It was down to me and Billy, and I was number two for the job, but I didn't really enjoy the process very much because it seemed more political than actually acting Campbell continued it was an ama- it was amazing how many people you had to audition for and you had to go up the ranks and each time it got a little bit more tense as you moved up I'm um, so I'm good doing these weirdo little movies so it just kind of seems in terms of him just not necessarily wanting to do the whole Hollywood thing which I mean, essentially makes sense for what he does. If you've watched like Bubba Hotep or My Name is Bruce, you understand what he loves. I mean, hell, even watching the Star series uh, for uh, Evil Dead, Mm -hmm. like he loves doing these weird roles where you don't have to deal with the political machines of Hollywood. So, hey, it makes sense. Uh, I'm okay with him not being in it, although... Him in his prime, he was gorgeous. I mean, oh, he's still yeah. good looking, but like I see pictures of him from like Evil Dead or what was the other one? Uh, Ar- Army of Darkness. Yeah. It's just like, oh, hi, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> well, okay I mean, then. <laughs> like, I feel like I probably would have had a crush on him just as much as I had a crush on uh, Billy Zane in The Phantom yeah. when I was like six or seven. I know. Like, I, I was <laughs> Catherine almost. Catherine Jones was in it. I was almost like for sure that you wouldn't have seen that. Oh, like, I was obsessed. And then I look and t- I read these articles saying that it was one of the worst superhero comic book movies of all time. And I'm it, like, really? I don't remember it except that there was 
Jules at one point, and I know Catherine Zeta-Jones, who I loved Catherine Zeta-Jones because I thought she was Mexican. Well, what is she? She's uh, Welsh. What? Yeah. All right. She's not Mexican. Wow. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she was in Zorro, and that's why I thought she yeah, was Mexican. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a good one with Antonio Banderas. Oh, yeah. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins. Yep, yep. So, oh, uh, such a good movie. That was a good old movie to watch. Oh, maybe I'll have to go back on that. I don't know about <laughs> Phantom or not. If you guys uh, actually uh, have rewatched that in recent history, let us know. Or maybe uh, one of those old school movies that might be the worst of its genre ever that you still have a special place in your heart for. Huh. I'd love to hear about Christy all that. Swanson was in it, and she was the original Buffy. Yes. Yeah, she was. Oh my Go back God. and watch the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's a trip. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, while you do that, Vicky, it is time for you to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Alright, Vicky, what do you got? So I realize that there are a few things in the nerd community, maybe not as few, but things that unite nerds and not nerds alike. Okay. So, Mario. I feel like you can be a huge nerd and love Mario, and you can be not a nerd and love Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's iconic for, like, mm-hmm. what, like 40 years now at this point Something in time? Like that. Yeah. Pokemon, I think, is the same way. Yes. There's a lot of things like that. Like, you can watch a lot of the Avengers movies. You don't have to be, like, full into the lore of in the comics and everything and yeah. still maybe not necessarily be, like, full-on nerd like or geek like we are. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those shows that kind of crosses that line as well would be Futurama. All right. It's kind of sci-fi, but it's fun. It's kind of like Simpsons in the sense of everyone knows it, everyone loves it. Yeah, that is true. It's like one of those things where if you ask uh, who Bender is, they're not going to go with uh, Breakfast Club. They're no. going to understand that it's a robot that likes to drink alcohol. Bender, yes. Bender, Bender, <laughs> Bender, Bender, Bender. Uh, but Ranker put out a list of fan theories about Bender from Futurama. Oh, hey, how about that? Hey. Um, he's an Avenger. Yes. yes. No. <laughs> the Iron Avenger. First, he's, he's the real Iron Man. So if you're one of the few people who have never seen Futurama, which, wow. why are you living under a rock? Gosh, yeah, right? Bender is, you know, filthy. He drinks alcohol, smokes uh, cigars, even though he's a robot Mm -hmm. and doesn't affect him. He's an a-hole. He's a thief. Yeah. But he's still like Fry's best friend. Yep. And he's still lovable and has his moments. Voiced by the impeccable, the wonderful John DiMaggio. I love him so much. He's so great. I met him once at Comic-Con. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. Like my phone got erased and I don't have those pictures anymore. Oh, no. I'm so bummed. Uh, Anywho. The first fan theory states that Bender actually started breaking the law because he met Fry. What? So there's a theory among Futurama fans that Bender was a workaday bending unit until he met Fry (laughs) in the pilot episode of the series. This simple meeting between two strangers supposedly turned a normal robot into a scummy robo-lawbreaker. So according to a Redditor, Bender was forcefully rebooted when he was electrocuted by a light fixture in the head museum while he and Fry were running away from Leela. I remember that. Yes, because uh, oh. he, he, wo- he got unfrozen and he didn't want to get a chip implanted into him. So previous to this point, Bender shows no signs of nefarious intent. But it was after this point when he changes. Oh. It's made obvious from the bird bot of I- Ice Catraz when Bender re- reboots, he adjusts his surroundings. And when he presumably rebooted in the head museum, he was in the Hall of Lawbreakers, thus taking on similar persona. 
Oh, interesting. Hmm. That it's makes like, sense because in the beginning of that episode, I'm pretty sure Bender's trying to go use a suicide booth because mm-hmm. in the future they have booths where that just is a thing apparently. <laughs> I remember that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> I don't got all day. Let's go. Uh, another one being that Bender shined his butt plate thanks to Fry. So one of his very well-known catchphrases is bite my shiny metal ass. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he is... <laughs> He is probably one of the most vain beings in the universe, and he thinks he's better than everyone else, and he's not afraid to let people know it. And he continually tells everyone to bite his shiny metallic rump. rump. <laughs> uh, Redditor Stump Nuts. Yep, thinks, as you will. Thinks they know why the robot takes so much care of his backside. So previous to meeting Fry, Bender's posterior was not shiny. He claimed it was, but when he first says his catchphrase to Fry, the show's pilot episode, Fry responds, it doesn't look too shiny to me. Though he doesn't seem upset by Fry's comment, it kind of irked him and caused him to begin shining his backside every day so that it would be right enough for the lighthouse. <laughs> I just love that where we just be like, it doesn't look that shiny to me. It's like, I'll show you. Like, I'm going to shine my butt. <laughs> uh, Bender is actually over 100,000 years old. What? That so similar to Wally where he's just kind of stuck on Earth forever. Like. Like what? I don't even want to know what like what century Futurama is set in. They do a lot of time travel in that show. Okay, which, um, good point. All right, yeah. yeah. But I think they're in like the year three thousand. Yes, something. Yeah, three thousand. Uh, so in Bender's big score, a crew of scamming aliens infect Bender with an obedience virus before making him take a break of historical I- take a bunch of historical items for them. So when he's not committing theft for the aliens, Bender's left in a cave with his the historical artifacts, and a redditor. Glug 209 <laughs> believes he was in the cave for quite some time. So to go back in time over and over again, he would have had to have been sent back in time up to the year 3000 CE and then get transported again. And since his doubles have Greco-Roman pottery among other historical objects because they made more of them, I guess, it can be presumed that he went back to the 8th century BCE. Thus, the one of the copies who did go to ancient Greece would, be, would have been alone for almost 4000 years. So Damn. furthermore, there are All hundreds right. of benders who are technically the same bender who have gone back in time in a single timeline over and over again. Therefore, he must be at least 100,000 years old. Jeez. Joe, is your head exploding? <laughs> I got what you were going with it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> time travel. I did, I did, oh, there you go. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard Joe's, time travel. I'm yeah, like, nope. Joe's angry. favorite subject. Yes. <laughs> My off button was turned to off. Oh, <laughs> uh, So Flexo... Do you guys Flexo. remember Flexo? It's actually Bender thanks to time traveling shenanigans. By the way, I'm only doing the time traveling once to piss him off. <laughs> so if, if you've mainlined Futurama like the rest of the internet, you know that Bender has a brother named Flexo, whose main difference is that he's got a goatee and he's a pretty nice guy. Oh, he's from the Mirror Universe. Yeah, so Redditor <laughs> Argnard, <laughs> I just love saying Redditor names. I know, yeah, right? Uh, believes the reason Flexo is so nice is because he's actually Bender from the future, and his goatee is a miniature time machine. In the distant future, <laughs> relative out. to the show, all of Bender's friends pass due to old age, and Bender becomes a professional thief. During his escapades, he hears a miniature time. He hears of a miniature time machine. And he presumes, you know, made to look like a piece of jewelry, and he takes it for himself. Bender uses it to go back in time, don a new identity, and then act friendlier to the piece, people he misses dearly. Oh, that's kind of adorable. Mm. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, this, one's, <laughs> this one's another one that's, uh, hmm. Uh-oh. 
Uh, so do you know the character Mom in Futurama? Yes. Yeah. She's basically like the 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 galactic overlord baddie. Like she, yes. like Mom corporate or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They sell everything, basically. Yep. A lot of robot products and stuff. And I think they're ty- like she's an older woman made to look really sweet and stuff for the ads, but she's actually she's a conniving ruthless. evil witch. Yeah. Uh, so this theory suggests that Bender is the love child of Professor Farnsworth and Mom. But the Robot. Yeah, that's why I'm like, huh? Yeah, I don't believe you. So there are a ton of robots in Futurama, maybe more robots than people or organic life forms, but none of them are like Bender. He was just designed differently, or is there something wrong with his programming? Maybe both. <laughs> so Redditor terrorizes theorizes that the trick was the robots uh, was in the robots' creation. He is more intelligent and sophisticated compared to other robots on the show, and he shows a wide range of emotions. This is because he was a special love child between Mom and Professor Farnsworth. So I'm guessing they're. If you ever saw the movie Robots that had uh, Robin Williams' voice in it, yeah. where they had to make a baby yeah. and they were arming, like, you know, they ordered the baby and they would design it themselves or, like, build it yeah. together. That's how they would make the baby. You think this is how they're doing it? You're so just it's like to that's, fit in that sort that's, of thing that's their foreplay. It's like, we're going to build something together. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Tighten that bolt. Wow. Right? Unnecessary. <laughs> weirdo. All right, well, it's a possibility. Well, maybe. I uh, don't believe it. All right, one more. Okay. Bender is actually Homer Simpson's soul trapped in a robot body. And you know what? That would be kind of entertaining. And I'm willing to, again, entertain that. Because if you think about, sure, maybe it started off as Homer is like a bumbling fool because that's how it started. He started really in The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. But over the last uh, 30 years, actually, (laughs) he's... They they they've changed the show mm-hmm. to where he's a little you know he's a little bit of a better guy and he's just trying to do all this good stuff. He's not and he's, choking his son anymore. Yeah, and he's not a complete and utter idiot. I mean, he still has his dumb moments, but he's got you know he's got a good heart and they're doing that. But okay, stick his brain because they've already done like the headless thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you know they stick his brain, his soul, whatever in the robot, and then of course over the course of the years of the century and or so, it becomes corrupted. And then again, if you look back at maybe like the reprogramming that happened in the uh, in the first episode, mm-hmm. maybe it was Homer. Maybe he was just trying to like you know do his thing, and he was figuring it all out. And they just put his brain in for some weird you know experiment. Mm-hmm. It gets corrupted, and then suddenly we get Bender. I mean, it's not super far fetched because both Bender and Homer Simpson are both created by Matt Groening. Yep. But one redditor nerd is the word thinks that. <laughs> The people of Springfield began passing from radiation exposure. Oh, geez. A group, MomCorp, came in and aims to make the first robots. So to do so, they harvested the brains of Springfieldians and placed them into bodies of early bending units. Holy crap. And the very first bending unit is, in fact, Homer, whose brain had been put into a robot and brainwashed. The brainwashing technology, through, though effective, did not get rid of the brain's memories. Instead, they are residual thoughts and memories that remain from pa- the past persona. So Homer, now Bender, only truly remembers his love for beer and faint memories of his past life in Springfield. Unhappy with his present life, bending uh, girders or whatever they're called, Bender gets addicted to electricity and decides to end his life. There he meets Fry, joins Planet Express, and begins the events of Futurama. Damn. I mean, that got hella dark. (laughs) Like, I'm like... But fascinating. Yeah, right? Like... People have a lot of time on their hands, I guess. He can't eat yes, donuts anymore, though. I know, and that's why he's so sad. Yeah. I can understand that, too. But, but he can still drink, drink beer. And smoke that's, cigars. Yeah, that's well, all that matters. Maybe, yeah, exchange cigars uh, for donuts. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Right, sure, why not? That's my. There's my fan theory. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.